Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me to come back again. I count it an honor and a privilege before Almighty God. Pastor Tina Simpson, thank you. God bless you. And I do appreciate you and keep you in my prayers all the time. Surrender all. Thank you. God bless you. And to all the guests and visitors and saints of God, I pray that you all get something out of this word. It's the second time around. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to be coming to you from the books of Genesis here and there. And um, a lot of this you may already know. Some who don't know, then take some time and start at the beginning of your Bible and read a story of love and betrayal and tragedy. How our God experienced love when he made mankind. How he experienced betrayal when the enemy beguiled his great creation and the tragedy of how he had to punish them and he had to um, show them and show us through them that there are consequences for the things that we choose to do. And the subject for my text today is you knew. So when you hear me talking about you throughout this message, don't think that I'm exempt. I've already received mine, and now it's time for you to receive yours. Amen. And we're going to leave here from this line, repented, just ready to uh, start again. Amen. It reads, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And he planted a garden in the east of Eden, and there he put the man whom he formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden to take care of it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, For in the day that you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. Then in verse 18, the Lord God said, It's not good for you to be by yourself. I'm going to make a helpmeet for you, someone who can be with you, someone that you can understand, someone that you can help and can help you, someone that you can enjoy your days in the garden by the vision that God had already prepared. See, we don't know how much more was supposed to come to these two uh, in the garden, which eventually would have included all of us because it was sabotaged from the beginning. And some of us have experienced some very good things, but in the beginning, it's sabotaged. Can't even remember the joy of it now because it's just been so destroyed, so ripped up, so torn down. And and some of us have even had to move on for some th- from some things or from some people, you know, and, and life may not seem like it's going to come back together or we don't know how to get it together. But I just came here to tell you today that just like God had a plan for these two, God has a plan for you too. So here is where God performed the first surgery, right? 
because the Bible says that after God told him that he was going to make him a help meet, he caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And Adam slept so deep that he did not feel God take one of his ribs and close up the flesh. And Adam was healed. Adam was healed. And he had just had divine surgery. And this is just a blessed part of the scripture for me because it proves miracles. It proves medical miracles. God can do surgery. God can go into your body and he can heal what's broken. And he can turn around and make you uh, not endure a whole lot of pain. He can do it in such a miraculous way. You don't even know that it happened until you went back to get your test results. I love that. And to continue on, it says, And the rib which God had taken from man, he made a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. And they were both naked and were not ashamed. So here comes the killer of the moment. Satan comes to the woman and asks her the question, did, you, did God say that you should not eat from every tree of the garden? The serpent isn't coming for her stuff, just like us. He's not coming for our stuff. He's coming from the word of God that you have in you. So, so what if you haven't been walking with God and, and studying his word and know any scriptures. Trust me, the scriptures that you know are enough to bring you out of the warfare that you are in. The scriptures that you know are enough for you to conquer the enemy and the adversary that's in your life and that's coming to tear up your life. Even if you welcomed it, even if you knew and that's what God is saying. Even if you knew that it was wrong, even if you knew that you was making a mistake, even if you knew, but yet you didn't trust that you knew the wrong, you didn't trust that it was wrong, you gave it the benefit of the doubt. Just know that that's what Satan does. He, he tells her, that she's not going to die if she eats it. He changed the whole game. He changed God's whole story. He goes on to contaminate her. See, her soul was so pure, just like yours is. You know, those of you who have just come on board and you just, uh, you know, getting saved and now you're, you're, you're feeling good and you know that this is working. You know Jesus is real. God is real because of how you feel. Well, trust me. There are moments like this that's going to come. God didn't say that you have to pray for everybody. Let them go. No, you pray for everybody. You pray about everything because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what Satan did here, he, he explains to her, and he's also presenting to her at the same time knowledge of how her eating of the fruit would affect God. And he did it in such a clever way. What did he say? Because God knows that you would become like him. And right here, I think this is where Adam zoned out. What? Become like God? I never thought about that before. Hmm. Right here was where Eve was beguiled. And what did she do? 
she looked at the tree again. And this time, when she looked at the tree, (laughs) she saw it through the eyes of deception. She looked at the tree hungry for the lie of Satan. She wasn't hungry for the nourishment of her body. The Bible says that she ate to receive. She did. She ate to receive something behind God's back that if God thought it was necessary for her and Adam to have, he would have given them access to it. Don't you think that if what you feel that you have to lie for, that you have to sneak to have, that you have to be deceptive in order to obtain that that is really what God wants for you. God doesn't have no fear, you know, about us knowing anything about him to where he'd have to put this tree up and say, don't eat of it or you're going to die. You know, he didn't say, or you're going to learn about me and you're going to know everything and I don't want you to know that. God doesn't care about that because we'll never know all that he knows. And we'll never be able to contain all of the information of who he is. But Eve didn't take that into consideration. And, And sometimes we don't take it into consideration either that what we think is that we're getting the advantage of can actually cause us to be in bondage and to be captive. God gave that instruction as a boundary limit, you know, to protect us from all the spiritual and physical harm and danger that could come to them, even though they were in the garden. That's all they had to resist was a tree. I'm asking you, what do you have to resist today? And are you resisting it? How good of a job are you doing? How good? And she was awakened after she ate it right? She was awakened to see it as a tree to be desired to make her wise. So she took the fruit and she ate it. And because, let's remember that while the serpent was speaking to her, did you think about this? She had no knowledge other than what Adam told her about not eating from the tree of knowledge and of evil. Hmm. This is important because even though Eve didn't have the knowledge directly from the mouth of God, she knew God and she knew God through Adam. And that's like some of us on this line, all of us, none of us in here came to Christ through hearing his preaching personally. We are all, we have been made disciples by the apostles So we believe by faith in this gospel. It's by faith we believe. It's not about um, what I actually heard Jesus say come out of his mouth. And a lot of us, that's the way we deal with things. I want to hear it for myself. I got to go to the source. But when it comes to this word, the source that we use is faith. Faith in God, believing in the power of the Holy Spirit, believing and trusting that we hear from the Spirit of God, that we're following the Spirit of God, that takes time with Him. You know, and if we don't spend that time with Him and we're acting the part and playing the part, there will be a time when we will be tried. And sometimes that trying can be so deceptive, you won't even feel like you're in a fire because it will be 
it, it will be so smooth and it'll just look like everything is perfect and it will just feel like everything is coming together. But I came to tell you today, you cannot believe your feelings. Amen. When they became living souls through the breath of life, the Spirit of God was in them. We know that the Spirit of God was in them because the Bible says that they hid from God. God knew where to find them because His Spirit was in them, just like you and I. God says some of you are doing things you're not supposed to be doing, and you think that God don't see you. You know, you think that all is well because you don't hear him saying anything. Well, saints of God, you better be concerned because God knows you and he knows where you are. He knows what you're doing and he knows what you're going to do. And he knows what you've done past, present and future. I came to tell you, God knows. So, so don't think that what we're doing or what you're doing, you're going to get away with it because it's not going to happen. You never know the day that the consequences are going to show up because they will. The consequences aren't going to show up in the midst of your pleasure. The consequences are not going to show up until you are snared. And oftentimes the one who who the enemy is going to use to snare you is going to be yourself because at the end of the day, you're going to have to say and confess that you knew. Saints, we may not always do the right thing, and we've all been lured into unhealthy relationships and situations, and and you name it, but it was all because of its presentation. If you look back, just just waking up with a thought sometime can redirect our whole intention for the day. Before going to bed, excuse me, we could lay down with one intention that we believe was God speaking to us. And before we rose up, Satan came and implanted a different way to work out the, your divine given plan. You thought it was God changing things. And by the end of the day, you found yourself deceived and set back. Having to, as Pastor Tina said in, in the week's message before last week, you had to reset. You had to be reset in your mind. You had to be regrouped and reestablished in your plan. You know, uh, the enemy don't come with nothing different, y'all. He's in the same position that he's always been all these years. He's in the position to steal, to the position to steal, and the position to destroy. And he doesn't come any different than that. I have a friend who once told me, if you're walking down the street and the snake bites you, it's the snake's fault. But if you walk down the same street, the second time you get bit by the same snake again, it's your own fault. Why? Because you knew. You knew it was there. Satan doesn't move, y'all. He does not move. And he's tricky and he's timely. But thanks be to God that that old serpent is not the ultimate authority and he's not wise, he's not all-knowing, and he's not omnipresent. He's not in control and he's not the holder of your destiny. He's not the yay and amen of your life and you can stop the cycle of his evil in your life. You can stop and rebuke the repetitive behaviors that you participate in. You can change. Stop the repetition. Stop the cycle. You can change it all because you knew. You knew to do it and you can change it back. You have the power to allow or disallow yourself to indulge in ungodly conversations. You have the power to allow or disallow yourself to indulge 
in addictions. You have the power to allow or disallow yourself to be overtaken with doubt and whatever, whatever it may be. You can't find the way out. You say, I came to tell you, pray your way out. Worship your way out. Speak to the Lord. Study your way out. If you can't see the way after doing all of that, then just stand still and wait to see the salvation of the Lord. Believe the word is going to come. Believe the change is coming. Believe that it is not always going to be like this. And one day you're going to wake up and you're going to find that things have changed, that things have passed, that you have a fresh wind and you also have a testimony because you didn't give in to sin. You didn't go back to your old ways. You hung in there and you allowed your holy and heavenly savior to bring you through, through his power and through his might and through his miraculous way. And I'll save you some time and money from researching your lineage to tell you one thing. We are all the lineage of Adam and Eve. Yes, the earth was destroyed by God sending the flood, but not everybody died. Actually, the ones who lived weren't man's most popular family. So don't think that, you know, you have to be popular to be considered with God. Actually, he's looking for the ones that he calls. The saying goes, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the one that he calls. So just know where you're going. God will equip you. But a lot of times you may have to show up before he before he moves. He wants your body to be there. And yes, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, but yet Abraham lived. Sarah looked back and what happened to her? She turned into a pillar of salt. That goes to let you know that as you begin to walk this walk and you continue to walk this walk, some people are going to to look back and they're going to be turned into a pillar of salt, but you can't look back. You got to keep on walking. You can hear the sound behind you. You can hear the, the sound of destruction. You can see, hear the walls tumbling down. You can hear it all. You can hear the footsteps running. You can hear the the, the fire crackling, but you got to keep going because if you turn around, you're going to turn into a spiritual pillar of salt. And that means you're going to be sitting by the, um, by the sidelines. Sarah's remains are, are of the city that we all know to be the Dead Sea. That's the Dead Sea right there was, was where Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. The Dead Sea is salt, isn't it? There you'll find Sarah. But all life and all creation began in the garden and we were created to live in the Garden of Eden, a place equipped to supply all of our need. And although the act of Adam and Eve caused us to endure the process of physical healing and it causes us to endure hardship and pain, yes, it does. But God is still with us just as he was with them. When they were evicted from the garden, that was the only consequence. It wasn't, it, it wasn't God's defense. His defense was his spirit still being inside of Adam and Eve, just like inside of us, even after what we've done. And he travels with us wherever we may go. And you, if you are praying for the lost, just know that God is with them. If you're praying for someone in prison, just know that God is in them. Whoever you're praying for, God is in them. They only need prayer to help guide them in their decision making, no matter where they are. Any situation can be turned around. Amen. You've got to believe that it can. And you've got to believe that through Christ and with God, 
All things are possible, even in times like this, saints of God. We could never imagine what God imagines for us, his children. He turned things around for Adam and Eve. No, Adam and Eve didn't just drop dead immediately after eating. And perhaps Satan is still angry about that, don't you think? But with the fall, God had another way for them. And he has another way for us to be reconciled back to him. And I imagine the adversary is angry about that too. Because every time you fall and you get back up and you call on the Lord and you are sorrowfully sorry. Not just that sorry, oh, I'm glad I didn't get caught, but I shouldn't have did it. Sorry. But that repentive sorry. God will have a plan to reconcile us back. He had another way of bringing us back into purity and wholeness to where he looks at us and he sees us as his precious sons and daughters. It's through the blood of Jesus. And it took time, saints of God. Be patient with time. Let God have the reins of your life and trust him to help you untangle the web. And keep in mind, It saddens God to see us stricken with sickness and disease. It saddens God to see us killing and hurting each other. It saddens God to see children of all ages cursing, disrespecting, and physically abusing their parents. It saddens God to see us strung out on drugs, prescribed or otherwise. It saddens God to see a wife committing adultery against her husband. And it saddens God to see a husband committing adultery against his wife. It saddens God to see his single people committing fornication. And it saddens him to see a child molested and raped. It saddens God to see his child depressed and confused. It saddens God to to want to fix things right now, but respecting his own plan and waiting until his own appointed time, the time where he will come. And he said it in his word. He will return and set things in order. All the evil going on in this world began with Eve's decision. And all of the evil that's still going on is the result of man's decision. But people of God, there isn't one thing in any aspect of your life that God cannot bring to a halt. Yeah, it's true that many times we choose to do wrong. And not only have we chose to do wrong, but we did many things in selfishness and to satisfy our own desires. That's what it's all about. We have to confess to God that we knew. That we knew to do good and we didn't. We knew to do right and chose not to. And today we know there are some actions we've taken that aren't pleasing to God at all. Nor does it line up with God's word and desires for us. That's what our confession of our faith stands for. It speaks of our sorrow for our actions. Godly sorrow. I mentioned that before. It says to God, help me. Don't be deceived, people. And if you've been deceived, I advise you to repent and get up and and surely begin again in all honesty and all purity and all intent, because God is watching. He's watching them and he's watching us. God's listening. He's he's hearing them and he's hearing us. God knows what we've been deceived in. That's why some things are the way that they are. And he always knows that the serpent comes at the times of your weakness and banks on your lack of knowledge. This is why you must study and spend time with God. And in his word, this is where he is revealed. This is where he speaks one on one. You see, Eve hadn't been created when God gave Adam the instructions about the forbidden tree. 
Had she been there, she would have heard the tone God spoke it in, and maybe she wouldn't have been so easily persuaded. Who really knows for sure? For the Bible reads that Adam was there. Perhaps his heart desired the same thing. Who knows? All we know is that they both ate. And this is where I'm resting and declaring my whole God-given point. I want us to take this message and, and, and see Adam from an advocate for Christ's perspective. We're going to shift it. Adam was given the direct instructions from God. He didn't stand on what God instructed, and it cost him his life and those who were with him. Repent today if through this message God has shown you an area of deception in your life, willing or unwilling. Sin will only go out of your life through confession. Get on your knees, humble yourself, and apologize to God. Accept his forgiveness and forgive yourself. Pick up your cross again and follow me, says Jesus, and I will make you fishers of men. To everyone on this line, you are called to lead and you are mandated to let your light shine that others may be drawn to God through Jesus Christ. You'll never be perfect, but don't lay in sin. You'll never be perfect, but don't give in to your own selfish needs and think that God is not watching or that he doesn't know. There's an angel, the Bible speaks about a recording angel who is recording every word that's ever come out of your mouth and has recorded everything you've ever done and has recorded the intent of the heart that you did it in. And as, but as long as you profess to live for God, God will cover you. Be strong in the Lord, saints. Be courageous. And tell everyone you know what the Lord has done for you. And take seriously what God says. Be baptized in the blessings of God.